please note that this episode was originally recorded as a webinar in 2022. To view the original webinar, simply visit the BD Consultancy's YouTube channel. Good afternoon and welcome to BD TV. Uh, we're delighted today to be joined by Sharon Collins, Head of Go-To-Market at BDO. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you, Peter. Hello, everybody. Uh, so Sharon is a senior marketing and brand leader with international experience in professional services, working across finance, property, and the built environment. She's currently head of go-to-market at BDO, where she also leads the training and development for uh, a team which is over 100 strong. Uh, as well as that, Sharon sits on the CIM Southeast Regional Board and is part of the steering committee of BDO's Inspire Network, which focuses on gender diversity. Uh, Sharon, so much we could talk about today, mm. and I'm consci <laughs> conscious we've, we've only got 20 minutes. Um, please please start by, by telling us what's, what's the main focus for you at the moment at BDO. Yes, absolutely. So um, when I stepped into the go-to-market role about 12 months ago, I had two really clear areas of focus. And one of these was around making sure that the marketing and BD that we're undertaking, it, undertaking is being really driven by data mm -hmm. and evidence. I think that when you work in a partnership and in quite a complex matrix organization, as I'm sure many people watching this will do, it, it's very easy to be maybe pulled in different directions yes. and to maybe try to be all things to all people, which as we know is not always helpful. So I think having that, data and that evidence base really helps you focus and really helps you to hone in on those activities that will be high impact and that are really going to deliver you know the best value for mm. for the business um, and the other the other point with that the thing I always have ringing in my in my ears is um, something Mark Ritson talks about so I'm sure again many people on this call will be aware of Mark Mark Ritson uh, columnist for, for Marketing Week and he talks about the humility of marketing mm. and that is you know acknowledging that we do not know everything we cannot possibly know what is in the minds of our clients to do that we have to go out and we have to ask the market ask our clients and that data really allows the client voice to be heard and I, I feel that us as marketing and BD individuals, we're the ones that should really be taking that voice of the client in, into the business. Yeah. So that was one priority. Uh, and the second piece, which, which is linked with that, um, is around alignment. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to not be all things to, to all people. You know, I have a team of 40, 40 marketing professionals, and we look after you know, 40 areas of the business. And it's, it's very easy to sort of do, if you're not careful to sort of do your own thing. And what we're trying to do is using the research, we've identified some key issues that we feel we can actually respond to as a team. So we can look at those across the board and say, right, how do we as a team, no matter what service you're in or sector or region in the UK how can we actually respond to this together and give a yeah. much more joined up response to that audience it's more likely to hit the hit the mark rather than getting lots and lots of noise lots and lots of different messages out in the marketplace so that is something so we're using the data and the evidence 
to sort of fulfill my second focus area, which is trying to be trying to be more aligned. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it sounds excellent. I'd love to, I'd love to ask a little bit more about that, if we if we may. And so, tell me more about. I hear other marketers talking about research, and 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 they may mean very different things. Mm. What 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 does that look like for you? So I refer to it as our trilogy of research. Uh, so we have obviously three strands to it. So the first is uh, we have a client listening program in place that we've reinvigorated over the last year. And linked with that is a CAM program. So that is getting information from our clients, people that we currently work with. And obviously that information that's coming back is very much about us and how we are performing as, as a business in the minds of those, those clients. Mm. The second piece is around uh, market research. So we're going out to the market twice a year now to undertake a piece of research that is going to tell us the buying behaviors of that audience. What are they looking for in an advisor? How are they intending to spend their money over the next 12 months? Mm -hmm. What are the big issues and challenges that are coming up for them? So that is a piece of research that isn't about BDO. It's about the marketplace. It's about their issues, their buying behaviors, and it's the whole market. It's not, it's not just our clients. And, and obviously it's quite a dynamic marketplace at the moment as well. So um, hence why we'll, we'll sort of keep doing the check-in every, every six months. And then the third piece of research is a brand survey, which is an annual piece of, of research that we're undertaking. And again, that is whole market. So not just BDO uh, clients, it is looking at obviously how our brand is perceived in the marketplace. Yeah. And one of the really key pieces that I wanted to get from that research was I wanted to be able to build a custom funnel to tell me where are we losing people on this journey? Okay. So i.e. how many people are aware of BDO? in the marketplace mm -hmm. but then how many out of that contingent how many would actually consider us how many of that would prefer us and so on and so on as you work through to, yeah. to purchase and, and beyond um, because to me that as a go-to-market leader that tells me where we should be putting our efforts so when we talk about trying to be all things to all people possibly getting pulled in all different directions mm -hmm. that really helps you hone your activity and your focus because if the research comes back and says well, actually, yeah, there's a really high number of people that are aware of us, but actually we're not converting them further along the funnel. That is a different marketing tactic to yeah. raising awareness and actually further down the funnel, it's more lead, lead generation activity. Uh, and, you know, I liken it to, to use an analogy. If I was, was going to um, bang a nail into a wall, I wouldn't choose a saw to do that. I would choose a hammer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it's having we've got our marketing toolbox and it's choosing the right tool for the right job. Yes. And if yes. you choose the wrong tool. So if I was to choose a saw and try it, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Yes. And I wouldn't get yes. the results that I wanted. So it's the mm. same thing. We have to choose the right tool for the job. Yeah. yeah. And that really helps helps steer that. Yes. So what um, I, I can absolutely see the logic of, of, of what you're doing. What what has it told you? And I, I'm conscious that we have other professional firms on yes. here and uh, some of them some of them your professional friends some of them I'm sure uh, 
competitors. So, yeah. so to the extent that you're that you're able to be open about it, a- anything that's come from that research that's confirmed what you're already thinking or has been surprising? Mm. I think I think there are no big surprises. If if I'm being being honest, I think one of the biggest learnings from a marketing and business development point of view is that it's quite clear from the research we've had back that segmentation is absolutely key. Now we know that as marketing and BD professionals, but it's just re- it's just really really brought that home in that one message is not going to work right across the board. So it's no point sending out one email to everybody and expecting the message to land. You know, we really do need to segment it because what's come through in the research is different uh, different businesses at different um, stages of maturity and in different sectors. You know, they, yeah, they will require slightly different nuanced messaging. So that's a big thing from a marketing and BD point of view. In terms of business trends or business issues, as I said, I don't think there's any big surprises here for anyone. Um, One of the biggest concerns for businesses was around rising business costs. Um, The other other priorities for for businesses in terms of areas they're looking at, you know, there's a lot around digital transformation. Again, we know the way everything's going. I mean, if you work in accountancy there's a lot around making tax digital you know companies are becoming more and more digitized Um, so that that's that's no big surprise and the other issue was around workforce there was a really strong uh, HR and and workforce element coming out in this and that was very much around um, incentivization people wanting to work from different uh you know from different mm-hmm. places um yeah we've got the challenge out there with talent and you know securing talent and talent retention and the complexity of hybrid hybrid working as well yes 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 and and if i may we'll come back to that in a moment but if i may just come back to the segmentation so what what kind of insight was coming back to say you know you're you're a you're a, a professional marketer so what, what what was coming back to say more than you'd perhaps previously assumed that you had to get these specific um messages related to either company life cycle or to sector was it just was it just a diversity of needs a- across the different sectors and the life cycle or, or was it something else Yes, it was. It was the. It was that. It was the diversity of needs. Although we've got these broad themes that are coming out, it was people at slightly different stages with it, and where they're looking to spend their money and where they're looking to focus is slightly different depending on where you sit. Okay. So it it might even be the same overarching theme, but actually, as I said, people are at slightly different stages. So you just need to nuance. Yeah, maybe use a central piece of messaging, but then put slight nuances on that for yes. for different people. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I, I've I've seen this myself with our own clients, and where, uh, and it, it's it's been accelerated by the pandemic. I think where people are people yeah. are niching within niches. Uh, so so it's interesting to hear you, you're you're finding that too. Mm, definitely. Um, Thank, thanks, Sharon. Thank you for being so open uh, about those things. You, you talked about changing workforce, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, it's something we're all aware of. E- even this week, thinking about how we how we work in this new hybrid environment, how we yes. how we navigate the the heat wave, and how we uh, how we how we maintain some sort of culture 
across our groups and across our organizations and uh, I know you like like we have been have been recruiting recently so you're thinking about well what is it what really is our yeah. employee offering here how have you as a how have you as a firm begun to navigate that change yeah the I mean the hybrid working and you know it's, it's a challenging market out there as I've said from a well yeah. from a recruiter's point of view yeah. and the hybrid working is definitely from all the interviews I've done with people that is a huge selling point people are looking for that they're looking for that um, flexibility in how they work and yeah. when they work and where they work so that is a really big big selling point um, for companies but I think the other challenge that that's come out is around co- company culture I've had a lot of people start within the last six months that have said, um, yeah, they're really keen to be in the office. They're really keen to build up those relationships with with their um, colleagues. And it's it's really challenging as a leader because, you you know, you don't want to mandate that people are in the office. That's not the right thing to do, but it's sort of encouraging and and trying to set up opportunities for people to have that collaboration and to build that culture. Uh, We have a really, really strong, really good culture at BDO. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying that that, that's been watered down by by the pandemic, but it's it's not it's not helped, you know, when new joiners come in. So it's trying to trying to retain that and really make sure it's coming through because it is a really big selling point on the on the recruitment side. Yes. So what, what does that, now, of course, I'd expect you to say this, Sharon, you're, you're an ambassador for the firm and one of the senior people, but what, what is, what's, what in essence is that strength of culture at BDO? What, and, and, and mm. sorry, two questions. What, 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 what is it that makes BDO different culturally? Uh, and secondly, how can you try and uh, sustain that in in the situation we're in now? How are you yeah. bringing people together? How are you yeah. disseminating that? So in terms of our culture, I think the biggest strength, um, certainly that I found when, when I joined three and a half years ago, is around be yourself. We encourage everybody to bring their whole self to work. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously going to get a lot more out of people and think you know going to be much more productive if they feel comfortable to be themselves in the working environment and i'd say the other piece is around um it's a very very supportive atmosphere um people genuinely want to help and this is at all levels people genuinely want to help others succeed okay and for me when i joined that was massively refreshing i'd not worked anywhere it was to that extent you know, it was just yeah. a real, a real um, eye opener for me. And then, um, I mean, in terms of bringing people together, so we've we've set up some. So my team, as I said, there's 40 people in the team. They're based all over the country, but we have set up quarterly uh, workshops, and they are workshops rather than meetings where you sit and you just listen to one person talking. Yeah. Um, where we can work together and actually we're working around these issues that I've talked about. So how can we work together? You always have a project and and we're looking to work around those and, you know, we're encouraging people. I would never say anyone has to be, you know, has to be in the office because as I said, that's not the right thing to do, but we're encouraging people and actually your majority of people are there in person joining in, having breakout groups with colleagues. And we found that's really, really helped, um, helped us move on with these campaigns, but also helped with the culture and yes. people building new relationships, especially when 
you know, 25% of my team has joined in the last six months. Wow. So that's, wow. that's, okay. you, yeah. you know, partly new roles, yes. some obviously churn, but yeah, 25% of the team. So that's quite a lot of new people that you're trying to embed and, yes. and make them feel welcome and, and make them, you know, understand the culture. Yes, yes. And, and, and what's the split? Are, are most of them Baker Street, London, or is it, is it right across the UK? It's right across the UK. Yeah. So um, a third of my team are based outside of London, I would say. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm totally with you on that, Sean. We had, we had a chance to get together as a team on the, on the roof here in Bristol this, this week. And it's just a completely different, different energy and a different sense of, of, of enjoyment than, than even the best uh, you know, the best online thing. The best, uh, so, yeah, I'm to totally with you on that. Uh, no, you're not someone who who sits around twiddling their fingers. I know I know you did two uh, mini MBAs even during lockdown. Um, what, what What is life outside of BDO? I think life outside of BDO is just as busy as life inside BDO. <laughs> I do try to, I do try to uh, pack a lot, pack a lot in. Um, I... I got an allotment at the okay. end of January. So like a lot of people, I applied for an allotment during lockdown. They told me it would be years away, um, but somehow I made it to the top of the list and I got an allotment at the end of January. So I've been busy um, preparing that because when you take over an allotment, you you just inherit whatever's there. So I've been busy sort okay. of sorting that out and and growing, growing some veg. Um, I, I do yoga, I do meditation. I think all of those three things I've just mentioned really help, help me switch off. And yeah. I think it's very, very important. Um, and I try and set a really good example for my team as well that, yeah, yeah when you switch off, you switch off. And actually um, outside of work and your personal life and your family life is just as important. Well, yeah. it's more, it's yeah. more important. It's more important than, than work. You've yeah. got to make sure you, you're giving yourself that downtime to yeah. be really effective in your in your role otherwise yeah. you just burn yourself out uh, that that's interesting is is it is that is that just through repeating that message or do you do you have any rules around people you know switching off emails or anything like that i don't have any rules but i as i said i lead by example i take an hour's lunch break every day yeah. i once said on a whole department course this was to over 100 people that i cook i like cooking as well i cook a meal every lunchtime and oh, wow I, I, and i <laughs> I had a message from my boss after saying, I, I can't believe you do that. And I said, well, for me, that's my downtime yeah. and I enjoy it. And I managed yeah. to do it in the hour. And for me, that's, that's my break in the middle of the day. But I'm very firm about my phone switched off at weekends. Yeah. My phone is switched off when I'm on holiday. You know, yeah. Unless there's something really major going on. But I, I, I look at it and I think if, if I can do that, and I know our managing partner said something the other week on a call that he, he goes swimming every day takes an hour yeah. out of his diary in in the day to go swimming and i'm like yeah. if our managing partner can do that yeah yes any yeah. of us there's no excuse really we can all make sure we carve out some time in our day to have some downtime yeah here 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 yeah. one hour lunch hour is all right I, I i don't know if i finished my third uh, third cocktail within the hour but i'm, <laughs> I'll try and do that too. <laughs> no, I'm joking I'm, I'm a big a big fan of taking time out as well i think I, I, I think someone said to me um, five, five plus years ago, they said, you know, one really lovely thing about it, it gives you some, if you think of your week as 10 half days, it's 
actually you can get so much more done and it's also in, in terms of mindset it's really nice to come in fresh each time and uh, I, I find that helps anyway Sh Sharon as I knew it would it's, it's been firstly really interesting and insightful to hear from you and, and thanks for being so candid about what's happening at BDO but also lovely chatting with you this afternoon I hope everyone who's who's listening live has enjoyed it uh, and uh, look, look forward to speaking again soon, Sharon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking me. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.